Hello everyone and welcome to the 3-Ball. I am your host Sam and today we are going to be talking about the Damian Lillard trade that happened yesterday. A couple of things to talk about before I get into the basketball stuff. I know it's been a while since the last podcast. I've been taking a break for the offseason, getting adjusted to school again, finishing all my college stuff. I've been very busy, but hopefully I can get back to this at least twice a week. I want to get like a fairly regular schedule going. Normally, I would like to do this on like Wednesdays and one time on the weekend. I don't know. Today's Thursday, I know, but I'll, I'll get it out when I get it out. Don't worry too much about it. Like I said, I hope to have at least two podcasts a week, you know, during up until from now up until the season, you know, previews and stuff like that. And then once the season starts, you know, actual basketball related stuff, which is very exciting that it is coming that that, that is coming uh, up soon, you know. And and what, October like 24th, 25th something like that is opening night. So the NBA season is right around the corner, which is exciting. But today we had the biggest news of the offseason by far. I mean, th- th- this trade I I I think is one of the, you know, it one of the biggest in NBA history. You know, obviously you had the Kevin Durant one this past season, but they, this Damian Lillard trade has to be up there as some of the best of all time, just because of how impactful it has the potential of being. You know, because Damian Lillard and the Milwaukee Bucks just in in your mind that just sounds like a ridiculous duo, and that's because it is a ridiculous duo. So I'm gonna talk about this trade for all three teams involved: the Bucks, the Blazers, and the Suns. See, you know what their teams are gonna be looking like the upcoming year and years following, as well as you know wh- what I think or ha- how well I think they did regarding the trade. So we'll obviously start with the headliner, the big, the the, the big thing: the Milwaukee Bucks. And they got Damian Lillard. And basically, the players that they gave up, they gave up one first-round pick in 2029 and two swaps in 2028 and 2030, I do believe, as well as Grayson Allen and Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday goes to Portland and Grayson Allen to Phoenix. And you look at this deal on paper, right? You're you're exchanging Drew Holiday and Grayson Allen, two Two starters, you know, Drew Holiday, obviously all-star, was he an all-star? I don't remember. All-star, all-star level type of defensive beast of a guard. And Grayson Allen, just a very consistent three-point shooter. You know what you're, you're going to get out of him. They're exchanging those two guys for Damian Lillard. And honestly, that's an absolute steal. An absolute steal for Milwaukee. And those first-round picks, they, they mean absolutely nothing because if, if, if they win even one championship in the next, like, five years. Who cares about those first-round picks? You know what I'm saying? And, and and this Dame trade, right, it not only brings in Damian Lillard, but it also accomplishes another thing for Milwaukee because Giannis is kept happy. You know, there's, there's rumors about Giannis, like, if Milwaukee's not the place I can win, I will leave. He's not going to leave if Damian Lillard is in town. He's, he's just not going to leave if Damian Lillard's in town because Damian Lillard... Is that type of, a, of of a guy? You know, he's a, he's a guy who can win you a basketball game on his own, and that's the scary thing. They have Damian Lillard, who can score seventy one points in a game and win you a game single handedly, win you a playoff series basically single handedly, and you're pairing him with Giannis Antetokounmpo, who can do the exact same thing. We've seen this before, and and you're adding Dame to a team that just won a championship too, right? This team won a championship three years ago. That's not that long ago. That's not that long ago. And the roster that Milwaukee had then is basically identical to the one they had before the trade, 
right? They're, they're, they're literally just upgrading Drew Holiday to Damian Lillard. Sure, you lose a little bit of a defensive step there, but that's fine considering that you have Giannis and Brooke Lopez down low, so nothing's getting in the paint. And then on the perimeter, well, you can just outscore them with Damian Lillard. You know what I'm saying? And Pat Collins not a bad defender either. He'll do his job. A healthy Chris Middleton's a pretty solid defensive player as well. So defensively, I'm not too worried about trading Drew Holiday. The thing here was just getting the the the, the caliber of a player of Damian Lillard. Because, my gosh, Dame and Giannis, like, this has the potential of being a duo that goes down in NBA history as one of the best ever. It could flop and fall, although I doubt it. I think the only thing that could sort of derail that would be injuries, which hopefully not for the sake of the Bucks, Dame, and Giannis. Hopefully there are no injuries involved because this team... And then that duo, potentially, could be absolutely, like, league-altering and league-changing. Like, th- this, I honestly draw s- similar par- parallels to Kevin Durant heading to, to Golden State. The only difference there is that it wasn't a trade. You know, Kevin Durant just signed there after they, you know, just lost the championship. But still, they had won it the year before that. But th- th- this, I-, I-, I draw some very clear parallels in the sense that, you know, you have the superstar player going and teaming up with a, with, with a team that just won a championship. You know, like, I, I can't overstate, like, how crazy this duo is going to be. Because Damian Lillard, we've seen what he can do. He is an absolute playoff killer, you know. There, there, there's, very few, there's very few guys I trust more than Damian Lillard when it comes to who do I want taking that last shot in the playoffs. There's very, very few players, if any, that, that if I'm down two in the playoffs, my ball... Or I'm down three. I need to tie it. I don't. I don't know the situation, but if I need a shot to send me send me on in the playoffs, the the only player that I would maybe consider taking over Dame is Steph in that in that type of a situation. Even in the playoffs in general, let's let's get out of the singular situation. The playoffs in general, very few players I would take over Damian Lillard as far as I want him to lead my team. It's you know Jimmy Butler, LeBron James. Those guys are obviously there. You know, I would have I would have said Kawhi Leonard a few years back, but right now his injury problems are scary. But still, Kawhi is incredible when he does play. Can't discredit that. And then there's like the Steph Curry's, obviously Kevin Durant, Dame, and Giannis. Those are the guys I trust the most. Right there, Jokic. I'm sorry, sorry, Jokic. I forgot about Jokic. Those are the like the six or seven guys I trust the most based on experiences and success. To be honest, and Damian Lillard. I think I think we all forget. Damian Lillard led that Blazers team in what I want to say it was 2019. I'm not sure that's correct. He led them to the conference finals one year. They lost to Golden State, but they, he led them to the conference finals, and I think that was post Lamarcus Aldridge. They, they, they may have still had him. I think it was post Lamarcus, just Dame and CJ getting it done. But when it's Dame and CJ, it's 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 100% Dame. Well, not 100%. CJ McCollum was and is still a pretty good player, but. Damian Lillard is obviously the go-to guy now. There, now Damian Lillard, he he can still be the go-to guy while deferring to Giannis on occasion. Like, you you look at the fit of these two players alongside each other, and there's nothing you lack. There is absolutely nothing you lack. You have Dame, right? It's going to be that offensive scoring weapon who can score from literally anywhere beyond the half-court line. Anywhere he can make it. Then you have Giannis Antetokounmpo, athletic incredible defender, one of the best finishers in the league, if not the best, and I would say the best paint presence in the game on offense and defense combined. 
you combine him and Damian Lillard, like, just just the on-paper chemistry that those two should have is absolutely through the roof. It is through the roof. If you look for a player, the, the, the type of player you would want to pair alongside Giannis Antetokounmpo, say you were building a team around Giannis, and you would say, okay, you have Giannis. What is the type of player that you would want to surround him? You would want a deadly three-point shooter who can score at will. And Damian Lillard is a deadly three-point shooter who can score at will. So, as far as Milwaukee goes, they got exactly what they needed while maintaining a very, very solid roster. When I initially saw the trade, my guess was that they would have been able to swing Middleton out because I personally prefer Drew, Drew Holiday, at least at this stage in his career, based on injuries and fit on the team. But they ended up having to trade Drew Holiday. I don't know if that's because of either one, contracts, number two, Portland wanting Drew Holiday more than Chris Middleton. That's probably it because Drew Holiday is going to be able to hold more value once Portland tries to deal him out. The uh, Drew Holiday piece is going to probably hold a little bit more value than Chris Milton, I would assume. I'm, I'm not sure NBA front office workings, but that will be my assumption. So that's probably why they had to give Drew Holiday away. But as I said, I think you're, you're okay with that because they kept the rest of the core intact, right? You, you lose Grayson Allen. I mean, it, it's, it, it, is, it is what it is. You're, you're not going to lose too much sleep over that because Pat Conson could come in and do a fairly similar job. He's not as good as Grayson, but he'll do a fairly similar job as far as a 3 and D two-guard goes, maybe can improve a little bit as far as percentage-wise, but otherwise, that, that, that that's you're not really losing a lot there. And then, healthy Chris Middleton, he is a all-star caliber player. A healthy Chris Middleton. That, that That's the big thing there. He has to be healthy. And and speaking of health, that that is, the, I mentioned it earlier, that's the one thing that I think could derail this team is is injuries. We've seen a few with Dame before. It's it's not really excessive. You know, it it's not really excessive with Dame and plus he's on Portland where he doesn't really the, the, the past few years, there hasn't really been a need for him to be healthy, necessarily. It's kind of been like, I mean, yeah, I'll play. If I get hurt, then it's like, oh, well, my team's not great anyways. They're not going to make the playoffs. So it's not wasn't really a huge deal when he was injured. Now it is, you know? But even when he's injured, Giannis can go out there and get you a dub. That, that, that's the crazy thing. Because they, they kept this championship team intact, exchanged their back their, their, their backcourt for Damian Lillard. Like, th- this is an absolute steal for Milwaukee. And the reason why they were able to get this steal, right, is because Portland had absolutely no leverage. Portland had no leverage in this situation. Although I do think if if it really came down to it, Damian Lillard would have shown up to training camp. He would have suited up in a Portland Trailblazers jer- jersey this season if it really, really, really came down to it. Just because that's, that's the player I envision him as. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm not... I'm not really sure if that would have been the situation because he wasn't put in it, but had that situation, you know, had that situation come to fruition, then there's a chance that, or my assumption would be that Dame would have ended up playing anyways. But still, Portland had absolutely no leverage. Every single NBA team knew, hey, here's what Portland wants. They want to get rid of Damian Lillard because they're rebuilding. They want to open up opportunities for Scoot Henderson and Damian Lillard has requested a trade as well. You know, Portland had absolutely nothing going on for them. And and, and, and you, if this was the trade they had to quote-unquote settle on, it, it's not a bad trade, it's not a great trade either. It's a solid trade, I'll talk about Portland in a minute. If this was the trade they had to quote-unquote settle on, then you can only imagine what some of these other offers were looking like. Obviously, you heard 
the the the, the obvious one was Miami, right? But Miami, uh, Miami's kind of stingy. A lot of times with this stuff, they're kind of stingy. I think that Miami should have taken advantage. If, if if Milwaukee's willing to do this type of a deal, go out and trade Tyler Hero, Jaime Hawkes, Caleb Martin. I, I, I think you just do it. Because otherwise, and currently, Miami's offseason is an absolute L. It's an absolute L. All they did was lose people. All they did was lose people. They brought in jo- Josh Richardson. They lost Gabe Vincent. And that, that, that that's pretty significant. And they, they, they did not get a championship contending team better at all. And, and I, I'd argue potentially got they, they got worse. They lost two starter caliber guys, Vincent Struess. They added Josh Richardson, like I said. He'll be all right, but it, it's not, you know... It, it, it's not something that you're super. You're, you're going to be like, oh yeah, we signed Josh Richardson. We're way way better now. The the, the big thing for Miami is right. This offseason is a success if you bring in Damian Lillard and you put two playoff killers on the court at the same time. Instead, you know who did that? The team that won the championship a few years back and that's constantly, consistently a top team in the Eastern Conference. The Milwaukee Bucks went out and did that. Not good for Miami. Not only because they don't get Dame, but also but also because Dame is in the Eastern Conference. And on the topic of other teams, like the Raptors, I, I know Dame may not have ended up playing for them, but I feel like the Raptors could have offered a pretty decent deal. I mean, you're telling me if you go, if you throw OG Ananobi, Gary Trent Jr. back at Portland, and then a bunch of picks, and, and Grady Dick as well, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Portland may like that deal more. Now, we don't really know all of Portland's, you know, all, all, all the stuff they got back yet because they still do have Drew Holiday on their roster, and once once they offload him, that's when you know we'll really be able to analyze the full scope of the trade for the Blazers once they're able to get rid of Drew Holiday because they're not going to keep him around. There's no need. There's no reason to with their other guards in um uh, in, in in Scoot and Simons. There's no reason to hang on to Drew Holiday when you already have two undersized guards sharing the backcourt, and both of whom you want to give minutes and opportunity to. Drew Holiday's not going to fit. Plus, he's older. He's beyond the timeline of the Blazers, and he's a player who championship teams will find very, very attractive because um, the teams who need a defensive guard Look no, look no further than Drew Holiday. Look no further than Drew Holiday. He's a guy with championship pedigree, who, as I mentioned, is a great defender. He's gonna play smart. He's gonna play hard. Exactly what you need. If you're Miami, you gotta get Drew Holiday. You absolutely have to get Drew Holiday. And chances are, you 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 could hang on to Tyler Hero. I I, I think you I think you could snag Holiday while hanging on to Tyler Hero. It might cost you Kayla Martin, but. I, I think that's a, a, a necessary expense if you're going to after Drew Holiday, but we'll see how how Portland o- approaches this Drew Holiday deal. I'm sure they'll get something pretty decent back for for Holiday. Uh, uh, on this topic of Portland, I'm just going to stick with them. In this deal, Portland acquired Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, Tumani Kamara, and three first-round picks from the Bucks, two swaps, and a normal pick, and they ended up shipping out Dame. Yusuf Nurkic, Nasir Little, and Grayson, or not Grayson, and, and Keon Johnson. Nurkic, Little, and Johnson all went to Phoenix, and then Dame obviously ended up in Milwaukee. And if you're Portland, right, as I mentioned earlier, they had absolutely no leverage at all in this situation. This deal's alright. I mean, it's not a deal you're like, oh, wow, that's an absolute, like, Portland got so much for that. I would argue that the, the that Utah's return haul for, for Rudy Gobert last year is probably probably equivalent, if not more, like, 
think about it. Would you rather have what Utah got for Rudy Gobert, or would you rather get what Portland got for Dame? I, I, I don't know. Uh, that, that, that's a tough question. It's very similar. Obviously, Portland got some bigger name players directly than than Utah did when they made that trade, but Utah got a ton of picks, and Rudy Gobert ended up being uh, not, not not great in Minnesota his first year. We'll see how that t- turns out year two. Dame, I, Dame, however, I would imagine is still going to be Damian Lillard in Milwaukee, even if his opportunities go down just a tad because he's playing alongside the best, if not the best, the second best player in the NBA currently in Giannis. Yeah, that that that, I, that duo is it's it's still rocking my mind. It's it's still rocking my mind. But back back to Portland, right? They're going to trade Drew Holiday. I would assume that in that Drew Holiday deal, the 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 bulk of the return is going to be picks. The only problem is that the Drew the only problem is that Drew Holiday makes a decent amount of money. So whoever they get back is also going to have it's going to be someone making a decent amount of money. So they're going to get an older type of a player, potentially another young guy. And then a bunch of picks is what my guess for the return package to be. Then they also get DeAndre Ayton, and DeAndre Ayton, I, I, that, that it's a huge question mark, right? It is a huge, huge, huge question mark. On one hand, you have a guy who's a former number one overall pick. We've seen him have moments of excellence where he looks absolutely incredible. He's dominating the glass. He's dominating the offensive uh, end of the ball, just getting the ball and finishing strong. We've seen that out of DeAndre Ayton. But other times we've seen DeAndre Ayton just look like he does not care. He, he just looks like he's out there playing, getting his money, and getting off the court. That, 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 that's what it looks like sometimes. But at the end of the day, he is still a number one overall pick for a reason. He still is a guy who has the potential to be an all-star type of a guy. I'm, I'm not sure he'll get the all-star Get, get to that level, but I think he has the potential to get to a point where he's almost an all-star or he's contending to be an all-star, but for Portland, it's it's, it's, a, it's an interesting addition. It's 100% a risk. 100% a risk. This could go, honestly, so many different directions. This could be an absolute steal of a trade where you're absolutely, you know, you're, you're super-duper happy that you ended up with DeAndre Ayton. It could be an absolute bust of a trade where you're frustrated and angry that you ended up with DeAndre Ayton, or it could just be a, eh, we got DeAndre Ayton, it's alright. That, that that would be my assumption, because DeAndre Ayton is consistently inconsistent, so we'll see how how he does in Portland. Maybe a change of scenery, maybe a change of scenery is what Ayton needs, although when you look at Portland's team, his role is not going to be very, very, uh, it's going to be kind of similar to what he had in Phoenix, obviously with worse worse players around him, but I think, honestly, that his role is going to be similar because in, in, in Portland, I, I think the pecking order in terms of players they prioritize, this is just prioritize, number one is Scoot Henderson. He is their priority. He's the guy they're going to be hoping to be the franchise point guard of the future. Obviously, it's him. Number two is probably Anthony Simons, still a young guy who can go out and get you buckets in... In, in bunches, I don't really like what el- everything else he brings. I still think it would be interesting if Portland decided to move on from him. Something I definitely think they should look into potentially, but there's really no reason to now that Dame's gone. But that was something I I, I I had suggested that they look into doing, and still think it's a viable option. And then probably number three, 
not, Aiden might maybe move up to number two. They, they, they maybe like Aiden more than Simons. But number three, it could be Aiden. It could be like Jeremy Grant. He's still around. Obviously, another guy who can score in bunches for, for Portland. I don't think they're going to have trouble getting points. Portland is. I think they're going to be able to score in volumes and very, very well. Defensively, not great. And just just overall talent-wise in a loaded in an absolutely loaded Western Conference, they're really not going to stand much of a chance with a starting lineup of Scoot Henderson, Anthony Simons, Matisse Thibel, Jeremy Grant, and DeAndre Ayton. That is sadly not a lineup that I think is going to put you in playoff contention, as I said, in a loaded Western Conference, where it is guaranteed that a good team is going to miss out on the play-in entirely. It is guaranteed with how deep the Western Conference is in its, in its current day and you know, its current stage. I'll talk about that more in a future video. My 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 standings predictions. I don't even know what I'm gonna do for that now because, like I said, the Western Conference is crazy. The East is a little bit more top heavy. East is a little more top heavy, but the West is just extremely deep. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, <laughs> what what I think is gonna happen. Injuries are obviously the, the the thing you can't take into account, but anyways. Back, back to the trade. We're going to now transition to the third team in this deal, the Phoenix Suns, who I think silently had had a really, really, really good steal. You know, you look what they gave up. They gave up Aiden and Tumani Kamara. Kamara's a second-round pick, I want to say. You're all right with giving him up. DeAndre Aiden, you offload his big contract and his his antics, potentially. Not, not really antics, it's more just like... You you get a guy who you know what to expect. You know what to expect out of Yusuf Nurkic. Probably not as good as DeAndre Ayton, but at least you can say, we know what we're going to get out of Nurkic. We know, we know what we're going to get out of Nurkic. And then they also ended up getting to see little Keon Johnson and Grayson Allen. And honestly, you look at this for, for Phoenix, and it's like, dang, they added a ton of depth. And if you look at this Phoenix team, what do they need to fill out this roster that wants to contend for a championship? It is depth. That is what they need. This trade gets them exactly that. Nurkic is going to come in. He's not going to defend well. That's okay. On offense, he's going to be able to score the ball if you give it to him in the paint, and he'll be able to stretch the floor at least decently well, which allows for a lot more opportunities for Booker, for Beal, for Durant. Obviously, nobody is breaking into that big three. I think Nurkic is a fairly solid, a fairly solid you know, complimentary guy, the ideal complimentary guy, he, it wouldn't happen, the ideal complimentary guy would be like a Brooke Lopez, a defensive beast who can also stretch the floor, that's not Nurkic, he's more of an offensive player, which, sure, that's okay, Phoenix's goal is obviously to outscore their opponents, doesn't matter how many points they allow, as long as they score more than whoever they're playing against, which, it, it, it's a strategy, if it works, it works, I'll see, we'll see how Frank Vogel, right, I think it's Frank Vogel coaches that team, Still don't know why they got rid of Monty Williams. I understand that that Phoenix got run off the court again. And uh, was it who who they lose to? Was it uh, they lost to Denver, right? Yeah, but playoffs are a long time ago at this point, man. A long time ago. And then obviously last year with the game seven against Luca. But that's two games. They're firing Monty Williams for two games. So it's it, it's just interesting, I think, that they decided to do that. But otherwise. I'm interested to see how this team operates. Like I said, you get Grayson Allen, you get Nasir Little, both of those guys are going to come in and and play immediately. Both of those guys are going to play immediately. Grayson Allen's going to be that, you know, another, another floor stretcher off the bench, a wing who can come in and just hit threes, which is really, really valuable for a championship team. You need guys who can come in and just make threes. They have so many guys who can make threes. 
And then Nasir Little's going to be a pretty decent guy to come off the bench and just defend well. And this Phoenix team, they do need some defense. Obviously, Nasir Little has dealt with injury problems throughout his career, something that Phoenix is going to have to, you know, figure out. And the Phoenix is another team that is injury-prone. Booker, not as much as Durant and uh, and Beal. Beal's obviously the biggest question mark there, uh, uh, at least out of those three, because Durant, he might get injured from time and, you know, time and, time again, but it's not super-duper common. Booker, it's fairly rare, I would say. I think he got injured a little bit last year, but it wasn't super long. And then Beal, obviously, he gets injured a lot. But if they're able to, if they're able to be healthy, this team has the potential just to obviously win a championship, and this this trait helps them helps them do that. And 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 shifting back focus shifting focus back to the Bucks now, the Bucks have to be the team who are favorites to win the championship, right? They have to be the betting favorites just based on the absolute amount of talent. They have the best duo in the league. Uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna stand by that, just based on player, you know, the, the, the way these guys play together, you have two top 10 players in the NBA right now. Like I said, one of them's arguably number one. The other one, probably the third best point guard in the league, as long as you consider Luka Doncic a, sh- a point guard. If you do, then Dame is probably three. But still, in a league that is, you know, a very skilled league in terms of point guards, three is a very respectable place to be in. You have Dame and, and Giannis, right? Those two guys can lead you to a championship. Doesn't really matter what you have around them. Those two guys can combine for 60 to 70 points every night. Your role players give you 40. You, you're in position to win. Simple as that. Simple as that. So, you know, Milwaukee 100% is going to be a force to be reckoned with. And, and when, when I just mentioned role players, Chris Middleton. I hope the Chris Middleton is going to give you 20. That's 90 points. Right there. Right there. So, absolutely deadly. Absolutely deadly if that Bucks team is fully healthy. But the team they're going to have to compete with is this Phoenix team. Like, it, it's crazy how that 2021 finals could be, like, a budding rivalry, you know? Like, when that finals happened, everyone was like, oh, this is awesome. It's two new teams. You know, you have one team who has this superstar player. They just traded for Drew Holiday. They're helping them, and they got a ring. And you have this other team, this Phoenix team, that's like, yeah, Devin Booker's been trapped there forever. They went out, and they just got Chris Paul, and they, they made it to the finals. You had two very, very fun teams, and now you look at them, and it's just like super team, super team, right? Only problem is that in the, in, in today's era, the super teams have not done great in, in, in the past few seasons. Obviously, Warriors an exception, but that was, you know, late, late 2010s. But like in the past five years, super teams have not been super successful. I mean, you look at the super teams that tried to form Clippers. Not really. Lakers with Russell Westbrook. Not really. Nets. No. Philly, I guess, kind of has has tried to. We'll see. Boston's currently building one. Phoenix just built one. Like it's 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 really interesting to see these super teams try to form. We'll see how they how they work. But I don't even, like I don't know if I would necessarily call the Bucks a super team. I I think I would call them more a team with two superstars. A super team. I'm talking. They just have a ton of just top-end talent and absolutely nothing else. The Bucks don't have nothing else. They have Dame and Giannis, right? It's going to be interesting to see Dame be a quote-unquote number two guy. That I think that could help him, right? And then you have Chris Middleton, all-star when he's healthy. Brooke Lopez, defensive player of the year candidate. Off the bench, Bobby Portis. 
he'll do his job. Jay Crowder, wily veteran who knows his role. Pat Connaughton is probably going to start. That's fine. Then you have a ton of young guys who come in and do their job. Malik Beasley is going to come in and hit threes. Like This team is absolutely poised for success. Absolutely poised for success. Obviously, they got to piece it together. You, you got you to you piece it together. That, that That's the hardest part here. But when, it, when it's Damon Giannis, I'm not too worried about it. And, and and just think about the defensive problems that these guys are going to, to, to form. You know, you if you have an elite perimeter defender who's going to be able to stop Dame, well, then you got to stop Giannis too. Or if you're an elite interior defender but not an elite perimeter defender, how are you going to stop Dame? You know what I mean? The, these guys are just going to just just cause such problems for opposing defenses because you never know who's going to beat you. It's going to be one of the two probably. Could even be Chris Middleton on, on, on a given night. You never know. But... Chances are, it's one of these two who's going to beat you. It's not a combination of them. It's just an absolutely deadly duo that, like I said, this dead, this duo has potential to be one of the greatest duos in NBA history. I firmly believe that. I firmly believe that. And I think that many of y'all probably do as well, just based on the fact that these are two guys who are generational talents. Who are generational talents, both of whom have stayed loyal to small markets, you know, you, you forget that Milwaukee is still a small market team. And adding, adding Dame is not only good for, for, for Milwaukee, it's good for small markets in general. Certainly the small markets can bring in players, can go out and, and and have success without all the money in the world. I mean, you look at this this Bucks team, this is a team that, 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 that's been constructed from the ground up, right? Giannis, they drafted Chris Middleton, they took a chance on... Trading for him in the Brandon Jennings trade, I do believe, a, few, a long time ago. Uh, that's just a random second-round pick who was in Detroit. And then uh, Drew Holiday, they went out and they, they traded a ton of assets for him. And then they went out and they, they, they signed Brooke Lopez when he wasn't at the top of his game. And now they developed him, to, developed him into an incredible three-point shooter. This is just a huge W for Milwaukee, for small markets in general. I'm very, very, very excited to see this duo on the court together. I'm very, very, very excited. And the good thing for me as a Grizzlies fan, they're in the East. So I don't have to see them until the NBA Finals. That's if, if we that's if we get there. Because I don't know if we're going to with this uh, with, with our current team. But we'll see. NBA season's coming around. It's always exciting. A new year of basketball is going to get started up yet again. But that's really all I had for today. I'll have another podcast probably this weekend. I'm, I'm going to start getting my season previews going now that training camp's about to get kicked up. Once training camp get once training once training camp gets kicked up, rarely do you see a ton of roster moves. You don't you don't see a ton more. You really see players getting cut. You don't really see big trades or big free agent signings anymore. Just simply because it's training camp, you're trying to get your team together. You don't want to, you know, destroy what you're building. It's you're you're trying to build a team, not deconstructed team is what I'm basically trying to say. But yeah, that is all I had for today. Thank you all so much for listening. Until next time, I'm out.